0: I knew I was doing wrong. I learned that from an early age, and I knew that that uh, I was breaking all the Ten Commandments. I knew that at an early age, and, and as I got older, I knew no way of getting around that. That I was just getting worse and worse, and I and I believe that uh, you know, God, you know, the punishment for me was was worse and worse, and I I didn't know how to get away from
1: that. Stay good day. Welcome my friends to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. Today we'll hear more from Chug Garrow of the Cheyenne River Reservation in South Dakota. We pick up where he left off, miserable and longing for change. I was sitting at the Silver Spur and Pier and
0: I remember looking up through, uh, looking up and, and watching the crowd and I could hear the music. I can see the smoke. I see people laughing and dancing and, and everything going on around them. And I remember so distinctly saying, God, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. And I walked out of the bar and I got my, my uncle's pickup and, and, uh, about 10 minutes later I was stopped in, picked up for DWI. And I spent the night in jail. And the next day they they let me out. Well, by that time I'd, I was I was beginning to feel the deep remorse for my actions. My wife was in the hospital. She had just given birth to her son and uh, you know the 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 things she must be experiencing in here I had to add to add to that pain by getting thrown in jail, DUI, not knowing what's going to happen, wasn't there when she needed me. And um uh, I went for a drive, and I ended up just seemed like at that time everything that I had ever done to people, it was suddenly just coming upon my conscience. And I was feeling the, the burden of all those years of of abusing others and, And desire, you know, I needed a way out. The, the internal pain was worse than the outside because it's, you know, the, the, the voice inside your head, the, the the screams that you want to, to get out are just unbearable. And you want to, you, you think of ways of quieting that. And of course, you know, the only way I could think of was to, you know, I wanted that to end my life. And so I drove around trying to figure out a way to do that, and you know even to the point of just driving the truck into the lake and and uh you know just ending it because of you know just uh the deep shame and regret that a, that a person feels and so as I was driving by the the reservoir thinking about these things, I stopped at this little building that's, that's sitting up there it's it's on the lake Oahe, and There's a little church building there and I got out and I started walking around and, you know, I didn't know how to talk to God at that time, but I just began to pour out things in my heart that were deeply affecting me. I think I, you know, I, I just wanted change and I didn't know how. And in the midst of that, suddenly it's, it's, I felt as if, um, a presence of just warmth go through my body and at the same time it was just this voice in my head that said "Everything's going to be alright and at that moment that that burden that I felt physically upon my body was lifted and and I could not explain it at the moment of what took place. I I knew at that moment that I needed to go and and tell my wife that I was sorry. uh, uh, Asked for her forgiveness, and that I would never drink anymore. And it was one—it was the toughest thing that I ever had to do in life. And I left there. I left there greatly encouraged, but not understanding what had taken place. And I went to my wife, and I told her that what happened to me. And she looked at me and. I didn't know if she believed me or not, but I, I told her I asked for her forgiveness and in that uh, I told her I'd never drink again and that I was going to change my life. And we began life new. And a couple weeks later, I appeared in court and I told I the told, uh, prosecuting attorney that I wasn't going to get a lawyer, that I knew I was guilty. And uh, I, when we got in front of the judge, I told him I was guilty and And, uh, he took my license away for 30 days and then I had to go through, uh, to AA for six weeks. And and that was a hard thing to have somebody take your privileges away. But he allowed me to drive to work. From that, we went home and things began to change. Uh, I had a desire to, to want to read the Bible. And uh, I tried to at that time, but I, Reading was hard for me cause after I got through the, I started at Genesis and when I got to the Begots, I lost interest. But there was a, you know, I wanted to read. Uh, my friends kept coming by, my, my relatives, and they would, uh, bring beer and they'd bring dope and, and whiskey and they would want to drink. And I found that I could tell them no now. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm not going to drink with you. And, I, you know, don't bring it into my house. And, And they cussed me out and they called me all kinds of names and they, they called my wife names. And well, I, I told them that I told them no. And I, I found that, uh, they would leave. They, they quit coming around. And with that, I also seen that, uh, there were great temptations for me that there was to get to the grocery store. I had to go by the, the bar. And, and so I would walk around the, I would walk around the block so that I wouldn't have to go by that bar. And it, I was, but I was willing to go the long way around so that I would have peace of mind. Well, we, life was getting better. Things were changing. Uh, I went through the AA and I, I, I heard the stories, but I noticed that people were not changing. Uh, through their stories, they were still struggling. And after that was done, I, I no longer went after I, my requirement. I went back into the military and uh, we moved to our family, we moved to Fort Carson, Colorado. And it was there that uh, we began our, our new life. Again, I wasn't drinking. I, I did try playing around with that near beer for a while, but it just didn't make sense. So, when I got into, went back into the military, I, I greatly increased in rank. I made sergeant in less than two years and, and, um, our family was together and, uh, I, I, I smoked for many years, even since I was a kid, I, I was smoking cigarettes and, but, uh, my son must have been about four years old. He came walking through the house with a pencil in his mouth and he said, look, dad, I'm smoking just like you. And at that moment, I, I realized that, he was watching me closely and I didn't ever want him to to do what I did so he caused me to stop and uh, I quit smoking at that time but from that uh, I ended up going to Korea my third year there in military I went to Korea we were separated for a year I took my family down to El Paso where my sister-in-law and her husband were stationed at and I went to Korea for a year I did not know that uh my wife had accepted Christ then, but I knew she was going through hard times. And when she began to tell me about her new life in Jesus, I didn't understand what she was going through. You know, I I didn't understand the joy that she had. And one time she wrote me a letter with you know, words on it like "Praise God, thank you, Jesus," and it it so offended me that I, I remember uh, I, I'd saved all the letters except that one. i had tore that one up. It, it so offended me that. I didn't understand why. Well, I returned from Korea and I wanted to immediately move, but uh God had he had uh, things some things for me to hear. So while we were there, Karen takes me to to the church there to hear a, a speaker. And uh, uh that night there's going to be a uh the speaker was uh was a biker and his name was uh they call him Lurch. It lurches somewhere around six six, and uh, he's a huge man, and and um, uh, he, he rode a Harley all of his life, and so I went to hear his testimony. And the testimony that he that he shared was very similar to uh, to the things that I experienced in life, and it had such a profound impact upon my life. I got I could identify with with his lifestyle. It just it the words that he shared, the hope that he had. And just his his uh, desire to know Christ and um, his change after accepting Christ so deeply affected me that it was just as if it was going deep within my heart and breaking up my heart of stone. And uh, a couple days later, I accepted Christ, and you know, that's the first time I heard the story of forgiveness. That always I grew up with uh, with a fear of God you know i knew i was doing wrong I, I learned that from an early age and i knew that that uh i was breaking all the 10 commandments i knew that at an early age and and as i got older i knew no way of getting around that that i was just getting worse and worse and i and i believed that uh you know god you know the punishment for me was was worse and worse and i i didn't know how to get away from that but i had never read that uh nobody had ever explained to me that that uh, Jesus that Jesus Christ died for my sins on a cross. And as I read in John 3.17, that he did not come to send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And that he didn't come to condemn me, but to save me. And those were refreshing words. Those were words i had never heard before. And if one thing I needed, I needed to be forgiven of all the wrongs I had ever done and the, the wrong was, was to God. And I accepted God, I accepted uh, His forgiveness through Christ's death on a cross and invited Him to come into my life. I said, Lord, you know, you know I believe He died for me. Forgive me for, for my sins and come into my life and, and make me new. And for the first time in my life, I felt clean. I felt forgiven, and when I got up from the floor, I wasn't suddenly glowing or or jumping around or doing, you know, just suddenly change into, you know, doing something different outwardly by my actions, but inwardly, God had,
1: had done a work in my life. Chug's not the only one who needs to be forgiven. We all do. Every one of us has broken God's laws. Simply put, we're all offenders. He sees and knows everything we've ever done, and one day we will give an account. He tells us in the Bible, it is appointed to men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Are you ready? My friend, there's only one way you can be, and that's God's way. He sent Jesus Christ to suffer judgment on our behalf. On the cross, He paid the penalty for all our sins. Then God raised Him up from the dead, showing that He was satisfied. Now He offers forgiveness and eternal life to whoever will place their trust in Jesus Christ. And that includes you. If you would like a copy of Chug's story, ask for it when you write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota. 56619 Our phone number is 877 4648 That's 877 4648 We're also online at withoutreservation.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's more to Chug's story, so we hope you'll join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.